From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now, they invite you to join them inside the press box. Get ready for Chris Stewart. Throws it out. Norris left alone. Corner three. Red smoking hot. J.D. Byers. Three-step drop. Steps up. Looks. Swatted down. Set. Down he goes. Mike Grace. Curveball right back up the middle. They'll wave out and around third base. Slides into the toes. Good it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. They're all here inside the Press Box. Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our Press Box radio show, Heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. Today's friend is T.J. Reeves, who, among other things, works sideline for the Bucks Radio Network down in Tampa Bay. We talked to him about the Super Bowl 55 matchup between the Chiefs and his Tampa Bay Bucks. Good to be with you guys, and yes, uh, this is a surreal situation, and it's all beginning to sink in because, nobody, yeah, you're right, nobody's really done this before. There are two examples of the Rams back in 1980, January of 1980, playing in the Rose Bowl, which was not their home stadium. The 49ers, 1984, played the Dolphins, played and defeated the Dolphins, not in their home stadium, but in Palo Alto, California, Stanford Stadium, about 30 miles to the south. This is the first time, though, that a team will ever set foot in their own stadium to go for a Super Bowl win in the 55-year history of the Super Bowl. And how bizarre it is that it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady at the helm the first year after he leaves the New England Patriots. Uh, On the bizarro scale, this is about a 17, guys. Good morning. Good morning. And, TJ, my question is, in order to keep the routine and make it feel as normal as possible – Will Gene Deckerhoff get in his RV, drive it around the block, and then park it in his own driveway and spend the night? Yeah, maybe he should. And some have said maybe Bruce Arians should commandeer a 727 and put the bucks on it and do some uh, some circling around Tampa International Airport to simulate the plane trips of the last three playoff games in Washington, New Orleans, and Green Bay so the Bucks feel right at home as if it is a road game instead of a home game. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely crazy. But uh, Mean Gene... Uh, And I have been in that stadium over 220 times going back to 1998 when Raymond James Stadium opened, calling Buccaneer games, part of the Buccaneer broadcast. Gene's been on the call for all of them uh, for the last 23 seasons in that stadium. But this is the first time we're going to walk in there through heavy security checks and all the COVID-19 guidelines and then get ready to call the big one against the Kansas City Chiefs. So it will be wild, it will be different, and we're looking forward to it. And I forgot it's been that long for you to to do the Bucks sideline. <laughs> I guess is about as long as I've known you, you did that. 
uh, or close to it. How, how long ago has it been? So I have been on and off the Buccaneer broadcast for the last 21 years, and the current role on the sideline as the postgame host and doing the Bruce Arians show, et cetera, is 16 years. So it has been a while, and and that has unfortunately been a lot of losing in those 16 years uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, when you consider since getting rid of John Gruden in 2008, who won the Super Bowl here, the Buccaneers fired four more head coaches after him and only had two winning seasons in that entire time over a 12-year run. But they have gotten it turned around in no small part because of what Tom Brady has brought. The defense has perked up at the right time. you got a lot of weapons. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a tremendous effort to beat a Kansas City team that, let us not forget, is looking to be back-to-back here, win two straight Super Bowls. And that would be the first time since Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, 2003-2004. That's the last back-to-back Super Bowl that the Chiefs are trying to accomplish as well. But, hey, uh, here in Tampa Bay, we don't want to hear about the Chiefs and the Chiefs' kingdom and all that. We want to hear about the Bucks being able to get this done Sunday night. So tell me about how things changed when Tom Brady walked in the door of the football facility? Everything. I mean, it it would be probably a disservice to say that it was just one part of it, but the preparation was huge. The attention to detail that he brought right away. Uh, I've had so many people relay that you you began to understand uh, when they had their training camp in August, even though there were no preseason games, how the New England Patriots win all the time in large part. The practice field, the weight room, the meeting room, all of the attention to where you're supposed to be on this play, on this route, what's your assignment, uh, fundamentals of, of taking care of the football, blocking, uh, tackling, all of those different things. It's not everything, but it's a large part of why they've won. And, and the other thing is the composure that he seems to have, uh, in, including in crucial situations, third down, game on the line, second half. We saw that over and over again already this year. The younger guys have talked constantly, the air of confidence that he has around him. And why not? He's won six of these. It has translated. It has rubbed off onto his teammates, and they've played with great confidence, winning three road games in a row to get to this point, looking to become the fourth team in the 2000s, the 05 Steelers, the 07 Giants, the 2010 Green Bay Packers, all won three road playoff games in a row, and then, ta-da, won the Super Bowl. Can the Bucks become the fourth? On Sunday night, I believe they will, guys. T.J. Reeves, sideline reporter for the Bucks sideline, Bucks radio broadcast, uh, working alongside Gene Deckerhoff. Uh, T.J. Mike Grace brought up a good point. I think we were talking last week, or it was, maybe it was earlier this week, about uh, poising the question: Can one person come in that fast and make a culture impact and change? Because so many times you hear that um, that task going back on the coaching staff that it's their job, it's their responsibility for culture. And, and I don't say I disagree with that, but Mike asked the question, can one person really do that? And I guess if you, you have to count how many could, it wouldn't take more than one hand. And obviously Tom Brady's a guy because you, you, you started to, to allude to it there on what he brings to that organization that does change a culture ra- rather rapidly. No doubt. I mean, Peyton Manning obviously did it in Denver, where he came, showed up with his playbook. They didn't win the first year, but they got to the Super Bowl, and they were a playoff contender every year, and then eventually they did win it. And he was he was clearly at the end physically and was not even able to play that whole year and gutted it out for the playoffs and wasn't the same quarterback. But on the point about the culture, there's an example. Obviously, I'm preaching to the converted in the state where you are. Hello, Nick Saban, and changing everything about how Alabama – 
has uh, done their approach, their recruiting, their coaching staff, coaching up their players. I mean, we keep, we keep saying for, uh, from a distance, all of these different programs get star recruits and get star players. But obviously the instruction, the position coaches, again, that same kind of attention to detail in the meeting room as much as you can in college, not in the pros, attention to detail on the practice field, it translates over and over again with the repeated success and these guys being ready for the NFL out of the Alabama program over and over again. So, uh, again, uh, the Saban, a great example of that culture change, and you're right. There's not that many of them where you can point to and say it was immediately better. But, man, this one absolutely has been, uh, and it has been so much fun here over the last couple of months with this team on a seven-game win streak at just the right time with a chance to now go for the ring. TJ, Mike, jumping in here. Help me out. I, I don't know how much I can trust social media, but I thought I saw a tweet this week uh, attributed to Brady, just a quote attributed to Tom after the NFC Championship game as the team's coming off the field, headed to the locker room. He sees a teammate crying, and his response is, stop your blanking crying. We're not finished yet. Exactly. Something along Look, those lines. One more to go, and and there was a lot of emotion after that game uh, with guys going crazy uh, uh, in a positive way, yelling, running around, hugging, sure, tears, sure. But I think I think what he was looking at uh, was the same mentality, which is, okay, it's not good enough just to get there. This is the mentality of how you win six of them. It's not good enough to just enjoy the fact that you got there. You want to be talking forever about how you won the thing. Uh, and to relay another one of those, Leonard Fournette, uh, is a guy that obviously Alabama fans are, are familiar with from LSU. He was essentially an NFL prison in Jacksonville uh, over the last three years, and they released him on the eve of this season for nothing in return, and the Bucks picked him up. And Fournette has been uh, on and off the starting running back, has been injured some this year, but he got into this, uh, this postseason and has now scored a touchdown in each of the three postseason games, a man-sized touchdown run against Green Bay in the, in the first half of the NFC title game. And Fournette actually in the Green Bay locker room with all the celebrating going on, took a break to get on the phone with his mom and dad. How refreshing is this? And and said, I was openly crying with them. They're crying with me. I'm crying with them. I'm getting to play in the Super Bowl. And now to your point, I'm sure if Tom Brady saw that, he probably said, okay, snap out of it because you want to go win this thing now. It's not just everything to get there. You want to go finish it off and go win this. Everybody talks the his and by the way, we're talking with TJ Reeves, sideline guy for the Tampa Bay Bucks Radio Network. Everybody talks about the historical aspect for Brady and trying to win trying to win a seventh and playing in his tenth. How much does he talk about it? Uh, I, I don't think he really goes over that right now has not much with our media. They keep asking him, are you going to play another year? He, he honestly believes he can play at least two more years until age 45. Now, Father Time may have something to say about that with the elbow, the shoulder. It's remarkable that he's held up the way that he is. I'm here to testify on the press box this morning. He's still got the arm strength. I saw it at field level late in the season. You saw it in Green Bay. Uh, and that bomb, the highlight you played, the bomb to Scotty Miller at the end of the first half, he can still put Zing on the ball down the field. So, he hasn't gone over the accolades nearly as much. He's leaving that for the rest of us to do this. Uh, and I mean, when you start looking at this stuff just real quick, it's staggering. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has six playoff wins, which among active quarterbacks has him in the top 10. Tom Brady has 33, 3-3, Larry Bird, 
playoff wins going into this Super Bowl. There's not another active quarterback besides Ben Roethlisberger who has two. Everybody else has one Super Bowl win. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes. Tom Brady's got six of them. So when you really look at these uh, accolades, and if he gets one more here, Sunday night gets a 34th playoff win and a seventh Super Bowl, you're talking about stuff that in the next 15 to 20 years, nobody's touching these. And you may say for a long time, if ever, is somebody going to touch 32, 33 playoff wins, seven Super Bowl wins? It's, uh, it's, it's tremendous what he's been able to accomplish but I, I know, as, as we've been alluding to in this conversation, he wants to finish this off with one more win on Sunday night to add to that resume. T.J. Reeves, sideline reporter for the Bucks, uh, here on the Press Box. Two quick questions. The first one, uh, we don't have to go really in-depth. Going to put you on the spot, though. Super Bowl 55, who's the halftime musical guest? The halftime guest is The weekend who is, uh, it's very it's very interesting. The kids know who this guy is. My household I have, as Chris knows, identical 12-year-old girls. They know all about The weekend. Just to give you, not just the literal weekend, but The weekend, the artist. Um, and he's a, he's a funny and fascinating guy who, uh, who's got several hits, but the, the song Blinding Lights has been played on YouTube over 52 million times, the official video, much the same as you guys, uh, replays of your shows and your videos. That song, Blinding Lights, that he's going to play at halftime, uh, remain number one on the Billboard charts for a record 50 weeks in a row. No other song ever had been number one for that long um, it's incredible, or at least in the top five, I think it was. It was number one for like 25 weeks in a row and in the top five for 50 weeks in a row. So he's a popular guy. Uh, we don't look for any any other wild stuff to be going on in this Super Bowl. There may be a surprise um, or, or two for the halftime show. But, yeah, it'll, it'll be very interesting to watch that because with social distancing, he's actually set up on a stage that is in the north end zone by the Pirate Ship, permanent stage area. There'll be some performers on the field dancing and stuff. But it's different than the other halftime shows where they set up the temporary stage and everybody runs on the field and they have hundreds of people down there. Just got to do some different things in this Super Bowl. The crowd's going to be about a third of a normal Super Bowl, about 22,000. But at least there will be some atmosphere, and we can't wait for this Sunday. Well, well, we spent a whole segment, uh, the three old guys here, trying to figure out who he was and did our research. and. <laughs> The that's, weekend. That's how we are. We're, we're play clueless, a little blinding but... lights from the weekend. Mike, go find it. Go find it and play it. It's a popular song. The kids blinding. go crazy. One other cool note, by the way, they're going to have three of the B Air Force aircraft, including the B-2 stealth bomber, do the flyover right at the end of the national anthem. And it's a wow. female pilot. Uh, the, the captain is a female pilot from South Dakota who's going to lead the three bombers in the flyover how about this they are rendezvousing because the three bombers are from three different air force bases in south dakota north dakota and missouri they will rendezvous in the airspace uh, at at, uh, at a hyper speed then then do the flyover in tampa and then fly straight back to the air force bases without being able to watch the game and she has already she has already threatened her subordinates that no one is to tell her the score etc until she gets back to the base where she can watch <laughs> the game in total from the beginning but how about that it, it's cool it's the first time ever in a super bowl flyover where the female pilot will lead it in a b2 stealth bomber that'll be pretty cool as well for sunday night all right tj we only got a like less than two minutes with you I, I wanted to ask you a logistical question from the game back to the broadcast we opened the conversation with gene deckerhoff who's 
uh, 47 years at Florida State. <laughs> Uh, several now with the Bucks, and he does both. Uh, the, the, travel, the, the travel logistics have to be crazy. I want to hear a, your most bizarre story of Gene Deckerhoff trying to get from one game to the other, and if they ever put you on standby to say, hey, this is going to be close. If Mr. Deckerhoff doesn't get here, TJ, you need to be ready to fill in. Anything crazy not, like that? Not only close, but two times I've had to do that in Washington, D.C. and in Chicago because the friendly skies were not friendly, couldn't get him there from wherever he was with Florida State. But he did show up one game at, at uh, the end of the first half, another game at the end of the first quarter, so that has happened. Uh, the, the craziest of the crazy, though, is him calling the Super Bowl 18 years ago in San Diego, and he had the tremendous line because this franchise was a punching bag, a punchline, especially at the beginning uh, of their existence, 0-26, and, and he said uh, on the air, from being the laughing stock of the NFL to being the Super Bowl champions, the Lombardi is coming to Tampa Bay. Oh, I'm getting chills now. The Lombardi is coming to Tampa Bay. Buccaneers win Super Bowl 37. So that iconic call has been played over and over again. And now he gets to add to it on Sunday night with Tom Brady at the helm. Mean Gene, love it. Mean Gene indeed. Gene Deckerhoff and his sideline man, T.J. Reeves, visiting with us here inside the Press Box. To find our daily radio show, just visit PressBoxRadio.com. Check the affiliates page there to find the station nearest you, the episodes page to hear the show on demand, or simply press the listen button to hear the Press Box anytime, 24-7. On social media, we're PressBoxRadio1. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one. And we'd love to hear from you. So shoot us an email anytime at theguys at pressboxradio.com. Simply theguys at pressboxradio.com. Until next time, for my partners Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. Thank you for joining us here inside the Press Box.